Well, praise God. Again, I say praise God. I am so happy to be here this morning. I don't know about you, but I'm happy to be here. There isn't a Sunday that goes by that I don't wake up and find myself uh, here or in the sanctuary or someplace on this campus, and, and, and I don't say, how in heaven's world did I end up here? Right? How did God do this? It brings joy to my heart that I get to be here with you Sunday after Sunday and throughout the week. It's a blessing. It's a blessing for me. I hope it's a blessing for you, too. I hope you're, uh, you're not like, oh, Lord, here he goes again. I'm happy this morning. I'm happy to be here with you. And I feel that, I hope that you're feeling happy, too. We are? Some happy people today? That's good. 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 But if you're not feeling happy, that's okay too. Right? We have these wide range of emotions that God has given us that we experience life with. And sometimes we're happy. Right? Sometimes we're smiling, we're glad, we're joyful, we're, we're, we're at peace. And at other times, life can be a struggle. It can be difficult. Sometimes we're angry. And that's okay. I mean, when we look to Scripture and we look at the one we follow, the one we call Savior, the one that, that we're trying to imitate, the one that we're trying to be like, we've seen those emotions play out in his life. We've seen Jesus enter into the space that he thought was holy and was upset to find commerce happening in that space and, and, and we're, we're told in scripture that he started overturning tables we'd probably get arrested but, but there's reason to be angry sometimes and when he heard that his dear friend Lazarus had died and he saw how it affected his sisters he wept he cried. He allowed the emotions that God has provided to move and work in his life. And they should move and work in our lives as well. Sometimes, and, and I'm not going to pick on men, I'm not going to bash men, but sometimes men don't share their emotions well enough, right? And they serve as, as, as pressure valves. And that may be the reason that men have a higher rate of heart attacks. Because they keep everything inside and they don't know how to share or they're afraid to share or it comes across as, as weakness. But these are, these are gifts that God has given us to regulate our lives, to serve as pressure valves so that we're not blowing up and we're letting off steam a little by little, taking care of ourselves. But I'm happy today, so you don't have to worry about me blowing up. 
I'm good. I've taken my blood pressure medicine, I'm good, right? I enjoy, I don't know about you, but I enjoy watching on TV shows about restoration. I don't, I, I, there, I'll spend countless hours watching HGTV and watch them rebuild old homes. And then to, I'm just waiting for the reveal, right, to see what this is going to look like. I like watching car, uh, programs that they're rebuilding cars. I like hearing stories about relationships that have been restored, redeemed, rebuilt. This whole idea of restoration and redemption just speaks to my heart, speaks to me in powerful ways, and it's probably because I see my own story as one of restoration and redemption. And in that, I find great joy. I find great joy, joy in those stories of redemption, of restoration. In fact, if I were going to start my own church, I'm not, but if I were, I would call it Redemption Point, the place where lives are restored. It kind of seems like I've thought about that for a while, huh? Maybe at one time. Maybe at one time. Happiness and joy. One's an emotion, happiness, that can change from one minute to the next. And one is a state of being, joy. And sometimes we kind of commingle those or get those confused and we think they're the same thing when, when really they're not. They're two different things. Uh, but I want to stress again the importance of the emotions that God has provided for us to deal with life, with, for us to go through life with in dealing with life situations. And happiness is an emotional response based on what's happening in the moment. You can be happy one moment and sad the next, like that. And I'll give you an example. I asked if you were happy this morning, right? And a lot of you said, yeah, and some of you even clapped, and I said, great, woohoo, I'm happy too. And then I shared with you that I'm, I'm happy and things are good, and I took my blood pressure medicine, so I'm feeling really good right now. But let's say Pastor Robert didn't take his medicine. Let's say he hasn't been taking his medicine. Let's say he's non-compliant with his medication, and his blood pressure is raised to the roof. Now, you can't see that. That's why they call this the silent killer, right? But let's say I didn't, and, but we're happy here. We're, we're having this great time. And while I'm here, oh, I have a heart attack and I fall over. And I die. Hey, that's extreme. Extreme Sunday. I would pray... I would hope that you still wouldn't be happy. 
right? I would pray and I would hope that you would say, oh my gosh. And you would feel bad for me, but more importantly, you'd feel bad for Diane and my kids and like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. They lost Robert. But we were just happy. We were just celebrating the moment that we're all joined together in the unity of our faith. And now, bam, in a, minute, in a, minute, in a moment's time, something horrible has happened. And now, hopefully, you would feel sad about that. And that's how our emotions are designed to work. To go from happy to sad as the situation dictates. Now, joy, on the other hand, can I get my water, Janet? Joy, on the other hand, thank you. Doesn't necessarily work that same way. Prior to this horrible incident that just happened to, to your preaching pastor, there was a joy in our hearts, in my heart at least, I know for sure, that's based not on the moment, not, not on the situation, but that's based on something totally different. That's based on a relationship I have with the living God. The God of all creation. That through Christ Jesus I'm allowed to be in this relationship. In this state of being. That's not based on the situation. That's not based on the moment. That's not based on the emotion. That's based on the relationship I have with God. And so I have this joy residing in my heart. And this joy is permanent. And so you would have this joy for me even after I fell over. You'd be sad. You'd be sad, right? Okay, I just want to make sure I'm not reading the room wrong. (laughs) You'd be sad, but you would know in your heart of hearts, in your soul, in the essence of who you are, that it's going to be okay because Robert now is in the presence of the Lord. Robert now is in the presence of the God of all creation. Robert now is celebrating with the saints of the church. Robert's alive. Whew, give me chills. Give myself chills. Uh, That's joyful. We're sad for Diane and the kids. Sad for the loss of the church, hopefully. But there's joy in knowing. There's joy in knowing that the relationship continues between Robert and his God. Amen? See, happiness is impacted by external forces. And when circumstances change, as they inevitably do, then our state of happiness evaporates 
like the early morning fog in the heat of the sun. And even when our outward circumstances are seemingly ideal, we still may be troubled inside by a nagging hunger or longing for something we just can't identify. Joy, on the other hand, endures. Regardless of the circumstance. And joy is accompanied by peace and may even grow stronger during times of adversity. So on this third Sunday of Advent, where our focus is on the joy we find and have in Christ, I wanted to spend just a little bit of time speaking about this everlasting joy God offers each one of us. Everlasting joy. As we look at the text from Isaiah 35, let's recap just a little bit. The theme of the passage is the restoration of Zion. That's the theme. And the, more, the main point stresses that God comes to save those who believe even when they've suffered in their past. It's probably written about the Babylonian exile and it's consistent with the themes of promise and restoration. In verses 1 and 2, we find that the glory of the Lord is revealed by Isaiah. And then verses 3 to 7 gives attention to the idea that all that is less than whole, or as God intended, will be restored in a promised new age. Whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual, whether it's natural, there will be restoration. Then verses 8 through 10, God's promise of restoration is exemplified with the image of a holy highway that is provided to bring the exiles through the wilderness. It is provided as a means of journeying through the wilderness of life. And our lives, we know, can feel like we're living in the wilderness. And the result of this journey on God's holy highway ultimately leads to everlasting joy. That's Isaiah 35, 1 through 10 in a nutshell, right? I mentioned earlier that happiness is impacted by external forces. While joy, on the other hand, Listen carefully, I'm going to use some words and they may sound kind of gibberish here. Joy is a conscious realization of an internal reality. Joy is a conscious realization of an internal reality or truth that is based solely on God's love and peace. As scripture revealed, God provides a peace that surpasses all understanding. 
So in other words, even when it doesn't make sense to the natural world, this conscious realization allows us to journey through life in a state of permanent peace and joy. And though the chaos of society can be off the charts, mad crazy, and filled with insanity, the believer and follower of Jesus Christ strives to consciously live a life that proclaims, I may not know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. As a result of this truth, we can live into a state of being that is filled with everlasting joy. In other words, a joy that will never end. My friends, I hope our lives are filled with happiness. I hope you have more happy times than sad. More importantly, I pray our lives are filled with joy. The everlasting joy God makes available to us when we enter into relationship with God through Christ Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so with this in mind, I leave you with the words of the Apostle Paul. In his letter to the Romans, chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.